It's time for overtime. Now that's a tourist attraction. In the world of sports, it's all about the playmakers in today's headlines, from locals to the pros, with interviews from local standouts and sports all-stars across the country that will have you talking. Turns, shoots, scores! From coaches to players, sports analysts, and broadcasters who are a part of the action every day. Overtime, now with Burt Ramin on ESPN 102.3 AM 1000 KSOO, Sioux Falls Sports Leader. Welcome, welcome, welcome. It is another beautiful day. We're starting to string them together. Should be a great weekend. Dustin Baker is in the studio with us, and our guy Dano has dialed us up. We haven't heard a ton from Dano in recent memory, but he's got a lot to share today, including probably some sort of hot take on his Denver Nuggets if they truly are the best team in the Western Conference. We'll wait and see what Dano has to say quickly here before we dive into the phone line, though. Dustin Baker in for the entirety of hour number one. We'll be talking Minnesota Vikings, the hire of Josh McCown, and what that says about the upcoming NFL draft and the quarterback priorities of the Minnesota Vikings. We'll talk some free agency, and I got a special surprise for the final segment of the day for Dustin Baker. I did something, and I want his take on what I did later on in hour number one. Hour number two, headline and highlights college football playoff to 14 teams really already I've got an issue with it I'll tell you why and some of the challenges and what they're speculating could be the impetus for 14 teams and they haven't even gotten to 12 yet they've gotten to it on paper but they haven't even played a single season with a 12 team playoff and they're already talking about 14 later on in hour number two your opportunity to win NSIC tournament tickets we got the field set for the men and the women Augie men uh Augie, excuse me, Augie men and the USF men are moving on to the Pentagon for both the women's program. It is the end of the season at the conclusion of the conference tournament's first round. We'll round it out with the good, the bad, and the ugly. And one guy who's never bad and never ugly is our boy Dano, who joins us now on the ESPN hotline. Dano, how the heck are you, man? I'm doing Bert. I'm Bert. I'm you're doing, doing great. Bert. And- so, hey, you're doing Bert, so you're doing good. That's awesome. <laughs> I'm doing great, Bert, but here's the deal. Um, last night, Jamal Murray hit 13 out of 15 shots from the field. He had 32 points and a 117-96 win against the Sacramento Kings, okay? This guy is on fire. He was on, what, Saturday or whenever it was against the uh, Warriors the other? Yeah, it was no, it was Sunday night on ESPN against the Warriors. And he went off that game too. And remember how he called? He made that three, and he goes timeout. And then the Golden State called timeout. This guy's a black belt in judo. You don't understand. He's freaking <laughs> bad. You know what? I'll, hey, I'm telling you. But um, and also, I was going to tell you last time. I got a Denver Nuggets championship ring. I finally got it in the mail. I, I'm going to have to bring it in and show you sometime because it's actually the exact same as what the players got. It's just a replica, but it's freaking awesome. When I take it to the bars and show it around town, people literally draw, dro- drop their draw. Nice, yeah. nice. Well, hey, okay. I, Dano, I got to ask you, man, because there's two, three teams out there ahead of the Nuggets right now in the West, including the Timberwolves. What do you think about Minnesota right now? Are they a threat? Are they a threat to your Nuggets? No, and here's the deal. You don't want to be in the one seed in the West, Bert, because look at at the 8 through freaking 11 in the West. You're talking about Golden State or um, the Lakers. Um, and 
third team. Like, you don't want to be there because it's going to be probably Golden State or the Lakers at the eighth seed. You're going to get knocked out in the first round. The Nuggets know this. They're not going to be the number one seed. They're going to let Minnesota have the number one seed because Minnesota's not getting out of the first round if they have to play Golden State LA. It's just not happening. Hey, I don't Especially know about that. that. This, is a, this is a different team this year, Dano. They're no, they're no, no. better. And then, okay, and then and then I got the 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 girl that's going to USD Coyotes. Her name is um, it's actually pronounced Slago. It's spelled S C H L A G E L. It was just in the paper. They don't, they don't say the first name, and when they do the box scores in the uh, Minneapolis Tribune, but Eden Prairie, that's who she plays for. They got the same colors as USD, red and black and white. And then they played Waconia, Minnesota, and they won 85-62. That, so that's really good for that coach down there. They're going to be really good coming up in a few years. And then. Um, as far as the NFL draft coming up, Bert, this is the number one question. Are the Minnesota Vikings going to take J.J. McCarthy, quarterback, Michigan, at the 11th pick that my guy Nate um, Nate Davis here in the USA Today, the first mock draft I've ever seen, and this guy's usually always right on. He's got J.J. McCarthy going 11 to Minnesota, and he's got Bo Nix going Denver um, at the 12th pick. That's who I want. I want Bo Nix really bad because he was the MVP at the Senior Bowl. I actually watched all the Senior Bowl practices where they actually have the NFL coaches do the practices. And so they do a lot of the NFL practice drills. And so I've been watching him. He's I, That's who I want. I don't want J.J. McCarthy. Bo Nix had 45 touchdowns and only three interceptions last year. He's third-team All-American. As long as Along with your guy, they had the Packers taken him. Here's who I think you want if you're the Packers. Troy um, Fuatenio from um, the tackle, Washington. The he's, tackle, yep. Yep, yep. He's a, he's a, he's a third-team All-American, just like Bo Nix is third-team. J.J. McCarthy didn't make no All-American teams. First-team All-American was J.J. And then today's, um, they got the top five draft prospects for quarterbacks. They got on ESPN today, just on the TV, they just had it. They got um, um, Caleb Williams one, Jaden Daniels two, um, Drake May three, J.J. McCarthy fourth, and Bo Nix fifth. I have a different... And I only go by pure pocket NFL passers. And all these guys agreed at the end that that's, how, that's what it boils down to. It's not these off-script plays like what Russell Wilson does. That does not work. You have to be a pure pocket passer to Come win Come on, the NFL. Dano. Is Patrick Mahomes a pure pocket passer? Yes, he is. No, He's he is not. Better. He's getting a lot better at it. He no, is I, getting better at it, but he is not a pure pocket passer. Dano, I'm going to let you go with that, my friend. I appreciate the call. Love the insight. Love the research. And always love to talk to you, my friend. We'll do it again here soon. But again, I appreciate what you had to say. I was going to ask you, Dano, if you didn't get there, who you want for the Denver Broncos at quarterback. It appears you would like Bo Nix. We'll wait and see. I think Denver brings in a veteran also to compete or give whatever quarterback they draft some time to develop. I think that's the best case for Sean Payton and the Denver Broncos. Before we dive in to all things football with Dustin Baker, let's dive into the scorecard here quickly. Last night, NHL, just two games going on. You had Columbus visiting the Rangers and New York, the first team to 40 wins this season. Easy at center. Pass up the right wing. Across it comes for Kreider. He scores! Number 30 on the season for Chris Kreider off the setup from Artemi Panarin. Into the empty net, 
Rangers lead 3 to 1. Rangers would win 4 to 1. Final uh, new record for the Rangers 40-17 and 3. Elsewhere Edmonton and St. Louis went to overtime last night up in Canada and Connor McDavid sealed the deal. McDavid kicks it back to Eckholm, and now McDavid has it again at center ice with 30 seconds to go. Beats Thomas, walks in, left circle, shot, score! Connor McDavid! The drought is over! Edmonton with the win, 35-20-2. St. Louis with the loss, 30-26-3. Tonight in the NHL, Wild at Predators, 7 o'clock on ESPN+. Avalanche at the Blackhawks from Chicago, 8 o'clock on ESPN. College hockey this weekend, Friday, Saturday, Friday at 7, Saturday at 6. Augustana plays host to Alaska Fairbanks. And on to the NBA, where New Orleans lost in Indiana last night to the Pacers, 123-114. And Dallas, with the birthday boy, Luka Doncic, pick up a big win, redemption style over Toronto. Rasp around pass deflected, taken in by Josh Green. He'll drive and throw it back out to an open Washington for three short. Look at the offensive rebound, the stick back, and the triple-double. Audio courtesy of 97.1, the freak down in Dallas. 136-125 winners. Luka Doncic on his 25th birthday, 30 points, 11 rebounds, and 16 assists. Elsewhere, Minnesota picks up a win over Memphis, 110-101. T-Wolves are 42-17 and behind 34 points for Anthony Edwards. Double overtime winner for Chicago at home over Cleveland, 132-123. Denver takes care of Sacramento. The Fighting Danos, 117-96. The Nuggets move on with 32 points from Jamal Murray. And one game that'll definitely make our very own Dustin Baker happy. The Lakers over the Clippers last night. LeBron James putting in the work. LeBron one-on-one against Plumlee. LeBron, three-pointer. Good again! Two-point game, 106-104. That part of a big rally for the Lakers last night in a 116-112 win against their rival Clippers. LeBron finishes with 34 points and 8 assists. Tonight in the NBA, Bucks at Hornets, Warriors at Knicks on TNT at 6.30, Thunder at Spurs, Heat at Nuggets, 9 o'clock on TNT, Wizards at Lakers the nightcap at 9.30. Wild night in men's basketball. Fourth-rated Tennessee holds serve against visiting Auburn, 92-84. Marquette, a dominant win over visiting Providence, 91-69. And the Iowa State Cyclones keep on winning. Takes the dribble to the left side. Waits for a ward screen. Here's Gilbert penetrating. Kick out right corner. A three by Watson. Good! Damarian Watson hit the three from the corner. A career high 13 all in the second half. Cyclones move to 22-6 and on the season with a 58-45 win over visiting Oklahoma. Elsewhere, Creighton picks up a big win as well over Seton Hall, 85-64. Blue Jays are 21-8, and currently the 12th-rated team in the country. USF got a buzzer beater from Thompson last night to sneak by Bemidji, 68-66. Bemidji tied the game late, and Thompson drives into the lane. A lot of contact, and it goes in regardless. USF punches their way into the NSIC tournament from the Pentagon coming up on Saturday and Sunday. Other winners yesterday, Saint, uh, Southwest Minnesota State over St. Cloud. Northern State lost to Winona, and Augustana takes care of Wayne State from the Elmond 
Women's Center, 75-62. Matchups on the men's side, Mankato and USF, 11 o'clock on Saturday. Augie and Duluth, 1.30 on Saturday. Then you got Minot and Southwest Minnesota State, the early game on Sunday. Moorhead and Winona, 1.30 start time on Sunday from the Sanford Pentagon. Tonight in men's basketball, SDSU at UND at 7. USD is home for senior night to honor Lahat June uh, as the only senior on the team, home to North Dakota State at 7. And finals from women's basketball, Caitlin Clark, another record found in a huge win, 108-60, to the final over the Gophers. Now Clark to Davis. They just play catch at the 35-foot mark. Now Clark fires a three right wing and got that to go. And now passes Lynette Woodard of Kansas, who had the scoring lead when it was the AIAW as Clark 33 points. Another record for Caitlin Clark, 108-60 win for Iowa. Other finals from last night. NSIC tournament, Moorhead beat up on Winona, 72-67. Augustana season comes to a close. They lost against the fifth-seeded Southwest Minnesota State, 93-85. USF was within single digits of Duluth, but Duluth slams the door, 73-69 the final there. And St. Cloud over Minot, 78-61. Women's matchups, Mankato and Moorhead tussle, 4.30 on Saturday afternoon. Saturday night from the Pentagon, you marry in St. Cloud State at 7. And Sunday, the matchups for the women's NSIC tournament, Northern State and Southwest Minnesota State at 4.30. And Concordia St. Paul and Duluth at 7 o'clock. It's an extended scorecard today. We're 13 minutes into the show before we talk to Dustin Baker. My friend, how you doing this week? Not bad at all. That's, that's all right. I, I was glad to hear the Lakers part. That was such a marvelous comeback at fourth quarter. Just vintage LeBron James. I wanted you to respond. I always love your response to Dano. First things first about the NBA. I feel like the Timberwolves are a force to be reckoned with this year. Are they not? Are they pretty darn vulnerable if they finish at number one? No, they're not vulnerable. And for one chief reason, they play defense. They're the best defensive team in basketball. Yep. And that will propel them probably to at least the Western Conference Finals. And they are... They adhere to the 40-20 rule. I don't know if you're familiar with that in the NBA. Uh, teams that get to 40 and 20 or better by this point in the season in the last 12 NBA finals, uh, that's the criteria. Only two teams have fell, uh, fallen outside of that criteria. So right now, it's the Celtics, the Timberwolves, the Thunder, and the Nuggets. One of the, uh, Some pairing of those teams will probably reach the NBA finals. No, I will tell you right now, the Timberwolves are not a joke. They will win at least one playoff series, probably two, and see how the chips fly uh, fall in the Western Conference Finals. When you look at the top six teams in each conference in the NBA, before we refocus and talk a little football here, Boston, Cleveland, Milwaukee, New York Knicks, Miami Heat, and the 76ers are in the East. That's the top six. Top six in the West, Timberwolves, Thunder, Nuggets, Clippers, Suns, and Pelicans. Mm -hmm. Out of all those teams, the most disrespected team right now has to be Cleveland, mm -hmm. I think, yeah. in terms of a team that – has the record, they're playing pretty darn well, they're not crazy flashy, but nobody thinks that team can win it all. No, and they fell right outside the fringe of the 40-20 rule. I think they're 38-20. and 20. Exactly, um, yep. But I think the problem with them, if you want to call it that, is they don't have any trustworthiness to them for, you know, they don't have a resume outside of LeBron when he played there. So once they get to the playoffs, they would have to prove it in a hurry, and then you're going to have you know teams that have rosters tailor-made from heaven like the Bucks and the Celtics. So I don't have any personal Cavaliers disrespect. In fact, I love the Cavaliers. LeBron spent most of his career there. But I don't think they have the juice, uh, unlike I do think the Timberwolves do. 
Lastly, on the NBA, Lakers, Warriors, both teams playing pretty decent mm-hmm. lately, getting into contention, better spots now than they were last year at this time, particularly for the Lakers, 32-28. and 28. Which team goes further in the Western Conference? <laughs> I can tell you it doesn't feel like the Lakers are in a better spot than they were last year. But, indeed, uh, right now the Lakers, pound for pound, are a better basketball team than the Warriors. Klay Thompson has really fallen off, regrettably, for his sake. But uh, the thing with the Lakers is they can flex and turn on the defensive switch at any minute. They just choose to wait, usually till late in games or, in last year's case, the playoffs. I think the Warriors' run is over. It was interesting that they tried to get LeBron at the trade deadline. But I don't think the Lakers are a big supreme powerhouse. I want to want to make sure that's clear. But they will get further than Golden State in the postseason. We're going to be talking football throughout our number one. Dustin Baker of Vikings Territory joining us for his signature hour each and every Thursday at Dust Baker on Twitter, VikingsTerritory.com, Viking Territory on Twitter, and Vikes Now on YouTube. A lot of Minnesota Vikings things to get to. Josh McCown, the former journeyman, legendary journeyman quarterback across the National Football League, has bounced around as a coach at high school, college, pro in some capacity. Last year was with the Carolina Panthers and head coach Frank Reich. He's the latest hire on the Minnesota Vikings coaching staff. We'll talk about that and why that is linked to one quarterback prospect in particular in the NFL draft. We'll dive into that and much, much more. But immediately next, it's Leap Day. It's February 29th. It comes around every four years. Immediately next, Dustin and I will both deliver three teams. We haven't shared our teams, but three teams that are primed to make a leap in 2024. This doesn't mean they're leaping into the playoffs. It doesn't mean... They're leaping up into the Super Bowl and into a championship ring, but maybe they could. But it's just a team that is primed to make a leap of some kind in 2024. We'll dive into that next. It's the Thursday edition of Overtime. Thanks for tuning us in, as always, right here on ESPN Sioux Falls. Sporting matchups and coverage. We are ESPN 102.3 and AM 1000 KSOO, Sioux Falls Sports Leader. on this leap day edition of overtime february 29th of 2024 dustin baker of vikingsterritory.com is live with us in the studio as always he's had a big week we'll document that <laughs> later on in the show but first things first i wanted to take a leap with dustin today not a leap of faith but i wanted to talk about some of the teams that are primed to take a leap of their own in 2024 in the national football league now to go ahead and talk about this a little bit further i'm not projecting these teams to go all the way and neither is dustin we're just basically saying that they're going to leap up in their record their expectations and their output in 2024 they could win one more game but they could be a way better football team however you want to quantify this thing we both drew up three teams we haven't discussed these i think we might they have at least one in common. We talked very briefly, and I said he was talking about the Cincinnati Bengals and said, hey, 
I really wanted to put Cincinnati, but I thought it was boring. I thought it was a duh because I'm a huge Joe Burrow guy. I think that they're a Super Bowl contender every year that he's the quarterback there in Cincinnati, the other Queen City that's not Charlotte, North Carolina. So I did not put the Bengals on this list, but I'm going to give you my first team here. This is really obvious. I think it's the L.A. Chargers. 5-12 and 12 last year. I think that this team will win eight or nine games this season, and here's why. New head coach, a different mentality around the team. He's going to change everything from the ground up there in L.A. They're going to finally start to run the football. Austin Eckler, that era, that time there is gone. He might be back, but I think that foundationally, they're going to change the way they approach a game in L.A. They lost eight, eight one-score games last year. If you split that in half, that's a 9-18. and And I think they'll do better than that. I think they win eight or nine games this year. They've got a lot of roster hurdles, cap hurdles to get over. The L.A. Chargers primed to make a leap for my first team. What say you? Um, I omitted the Cardinals and the Bengals from this because I think it's a no-brainer that they'll improve because their quarterback's healthier. Um, I agreed with you on this first one, so I will piggyback on the Chargers. They're going to have a transformational year offseason-wise because they have some salary cap pain. A lot of the, the guys that you know and might love, like, Cleo Mack are probably going to head elsewhere. So I will say that I don't think the Chargers will march to the AFC Championship or anything of the sort, but I agree with you. They are on my list because they have the hard part out of the way. The quarterback, foundational quarterback, is there, and he's not going anywhere. And then they have left tackle uh, Rashawn Slater, and you've got the blind side protected. And then Harbaugh's documented prowess for winning. He's going to turn them around. I, I, I I'd say, you know, have some patience. It'll probably take two years, but they finished 5-12 and 12 last year. They're basically Vikings uh, <laughs> AFC when it comes to close games. So I think Harbaugh is good enough to bring this team from 5-12 and 12 to 9-8 and eight in a single season. And that's how I feel as well. We might have these other two in common. We'll wait and see, but I severely doubt that we'll have one of these teams in common. The Atlanta Falcons are one of my teams that I've got in common here for teams that'll make a leap. 7-10 and 10 last year, 7-10 and 10 the year before that, and 7-10... and 10 the year before that. I think they go up to nine or ten wins, and I think it's good enough to win the NFC South this year. Consistency for this team is key. They had four one-score losses last year. Terrible division. It's ripe for the taking. You can't convince me any of those teams in the NFC South are good football teams right now. None of them are great. None of them will be great next year. I think the Atlanta Falcons will be the best of a bad division, and I really like what they did this offseason. Raheem Morris wasn't the flashiest hire, but he brings in that defense of prowess. He's a player's coach. He knows exactly what he's doing. They got Zach Robinson as the offense coordinator. I like what Atlanta's doing. Clearly the offensive pieces, a lot of people goo goo gaga over. They were 28th in points allowed last year. They got some issues on the defensive side. I think they remedy some of those in year one. They make a little bit of a leap to nine or ten wins. They are a playoff team for me next year. You kind of shook your head, nodded your head. I feel like you also had the Falcons down. Yeah, I think this is why you have me on the show because we tend to think alike (laughs) aside from our fandom. Um, But the Falcons, I'll add two things to your wonderful speech. Raheem Morris was groomed for this. He was a wide receivers coach for four years with the Falcons. So somebody identified him along the line as the guy that's going to take the big job, which he now has, and he's going to be a remarkable hire. I believe the Falcons will either end up with Justin Fields via trade. I've been saying that oh boy, about five months now, or Kirk Cousins. And I think either guy will be enough to drag them to three, probably three more wins, 10 and seven, and hopefully for their sake, win the NFC South. Atlanta Falcons were my second team. Number three for me, I severely doubt you put this team, but the Green Bay Packers. Okay, good. 
Nine I did and, not. <laughs> out of principle. Nine and eight was their record last year. I'm not expecting some crazy, stupid leap for the Packers. I don't think that the Packers are Super Bowl contenders. I probably don't think they are, regardless if they go out and trade for Justin Simmons and they have an awesome NFL draft. I still think this is a young team. I think they'll be better. I think they'll be 10 or 11 wins next year. Maturity, poise, experience, lack of time, uh, lack of true needs this offseason, I think is a key for Green Bay. As a Packer fan, a guy that looks at the team with a very critical eye, it's tough to say this offseason outside of safety what Green Bay really actually needs to be a better football team outside of just plain and simply time. And I think some further growth within the system. Green Bay was not good through the first half of the year. If they play better than that and play similarly to what they did down the stretch, Green Bay will win double-digit games next year. I think they will make a leap in 2024. Not huge, but enough. And they'll compete with Detroit for the top spot in the NFC North. Who is your third team that's going to make a leap this year? Well, I hope everything you said turns out to be false. Uh, (laughs) uh, It's kind of Green Bay theme. Mine is the New York Jets. Jets. And I know you're rolling your eyes because, of course, they're going to be better with Rodgers. But I have uh, a hotter take. I believe the Jets are going to be a certified certifiable Super Bowl contender wow. with Rodgers back. I trust him to be in that pantheon of Brady and LeBron, you know, going into their 40s and still being efficient and good. I every Jets game I watched last year, I smirked and really thought they really are a quarterback away from being good because everything else was there. So I believe that the Jets 7 and 10 last year with a hodge, hodgepodge of quarterbacks um, I believe they're going to be good enough to flirt with the AFC championship. So give me Rodgers back, fully healthy, and the Jets really turn heads and ultimately win the AFC East. And I got to piggyback on that, too, from what you're saying. From the division alone, Buffalo probably will be a little bit better record-wise, but a worse football team mm-hmm. next year. The New England Patriots will be a little bit better record-wise, maybe a little bit better, but they're going to have a young quarterback assuming that they draft a quarterback or some middle-of-the-road veteran, Kirk Cousins, Russell Wilson, somebody else. Not that Kirk is middle-of-the-road, but you get what I'm saying there Mm -hmm. for the New England Patriots. And then for the other team in the division, the Miami Dolphins will be a worse team next year, more likely than not. So I think that that division up for grabs, and I co-sign on the New York Jets making a leap and being better than they were last year. I'm not going to go and say Super Bowl contender, but they're going to make the playoffs if all goes well. Rodgers stays healthy, and that defense is who we think they are. Three NFL teams that'll make a leap in 2024. Was there any other team that you thought about? Mm Because you kind of pinpointed the other two teams I talked about, I thought about, was Cincinnati and the New York Jets. Yeah, I had one other one. It was the Titans because I was encouraged by how Will Levis looked on the big stage. Yep. But then he also made me anxietal at times because he took off and recklessly ran. But I think, I don't know how good of a coach Brian Callahan will be. That's what prevented them from being on my list today. But I do believe Levis looked the part, and they, they would they finish six and eleven or something like that, five and twelve. Yep. They have uh, an easier platform to get better and hit seven or eight wins. So if I had to pick one more, it'd be the Titans just to turn a few heads. Tennessee Titans, bottom of the AFC South last year with a record of six and eleven. We're going to take an early break today for segment number two. When we come back, we've got a lot to get to this week. On the Minnesota Vikings, we told you about Josh McCown, a guy who played for 57 NFL teams, has now joined a new coaching staff, and it's the one closest to town here in Sioux Falls, right over in the Twin Cities. He's the newest member of the Minnesota Vikings coaching staff, and why that should make Vikings fans very, 
very excited come the NFL draft. We'll tell you why coming up immediately next. Dustin Baker in for another half hour or so on this Thursday edition of Overtime. Streaming live on the app, this is Overtime with Fur Ramin on ESPN 102.3 and AM 1000 KSOO, Sioux Falls Sports Leader. Halfway through hour number one on your Thursday, Burger Mean and Dustin Baker back here with you on Overtime. You can track me down on Twitter at Burt ESPN. A much better follow and a much more informative follow for you Minnesota Vikings fans is Dustin Baker at Dust Baker at Viking Territory, VikingsTerritory.com. Big news this week for Minnesota. There's no re-signings of note this week as far as players go, but they did make a hire on the coaching staff. And before we get to that, I think, Dustin, this will bring a smile to your face. Before I started, actually when I started my broadcasting career, I worked in insurance beforehand, and I quit my insurance job. I went to broadcasting school down in Charlotte, and I started bartending for my source of income. I was at a bar in a neighborhood in Charlotte called Myers Park. Mm-hmm. Drake May went to Myers Park High School. I don't know him. I'm not going to say I know him. But he went to Myers Park High School, and his coach for a small period of time at said high school was Josh McCown. Now, he was hired by the Minnesota Vikings this week. What does that tell you from a Vikings fan, a Vikings analyst? Are you excited about that connection and the potential that Minnesota will trade up for Drake May come April? I am very excited about the potential to trade up for Drake May. That is my guy, like C.J. Stroud was last year at this time during the draft. I think the McCown connection is just deal sweetener. I don't know if it's a smoking gun. I know that there was folks that ran with it and said, oh, look what happened. Uh, I don't know if it's that simple that all of a sudden the Vikings now have the gumption to trade up the board to get Drake May. But if they do, they'll have one of his former teachers, one of his former coaches waiting in the wings on the McCown hire. There's three little factoids I want to point out to your listeners. This was the guy, the quarterback that knocked the Vikings out of the postseason uh, contention in 2003 and enabled the Packers to get in. One of the best days for the Green Bay (laughs) Packers. Yep. Uh, The famous Paul Allen called a no. That was Josh McCown throwing the football. So full circle moment. You mentioned the Drake May connection. That unabashedly is the guy that I want to end up on the Vikings. And then uh, kind of lesser importance when Kevin O'Connell started off as a quarterback's coach in Cleveland in 2015. That was his first job as an NFL coach. McCown was on that roster. So all the time in sports, especially football, you have those ties from past jobs. And this is just another one. Uh, The other thing about the McCown hire is even though it's really cool and they do have the Drake May connection, he probably won't stick around too long. He's got a big name profile. Everybody knows him. He's probably going to do a bang-up job with either Cousins, Drake May, J.J. McCarthy, and he would be a prime candidate as soon as next year to get start getting offensive coordinator nibbles. So enjoy it while you can, Vikings fans. Am I crazy? Last year, was he getting head coach interviews or was it OC interviews no, in, the, it, in the cycle? It, the controversy, if you'd like to call it that, was he applied for the Texans head coaching job and they were actually going to consider him without any NFL coaching experience. So the the powers that be clutched their pearls and said, well, no, you can't just jump right to that big job. So ultimately, the 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 pearl, the pearl clutchers won out, and now he has to start at the middle of the ladder like everybody else does. 
Josh McCown, career in the NFL quite some time, 2002 to 2019, as a 40-year-old for the Philadelphia Eagles, played for the Cardinals, Panthers, the Bears, the Browns, the Jets, the Lions, the Raiders, the Eagles, and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in 2014 as well. Also played for the Hartford Colonials of the United Football League back in 2010. Josh McCown, new member of the Minnesota Vikings coaching staff. Any other news and nuggets this week in Viking land other than some fun offseason speculation? Yeah, there's a there's a bunch. It kind of depends on how much time we have. You can signal, signal me when this starts to get <laughs> too long. Uh, the Vikings leaders, Kwesi Adafa Mensa and Kevin O'Connell, talked at the NFL Combine Tuesday about a half hour apiece. And they both said a familiar sentiment and statement that they indeed want Kirk Cousins back. They didn't mince words. They said, that's our guy. We could win a Super Bowl with him. But as the last couple, eh, seven, eight weeks have taught us, it all comes down to the price tag. Cousins is probably going to explore the open market on March 11th when legal tampering begins. And bada bing, if the Falcons still need a quarterback or the Steelers need one and they dangle $45, $48 million in front of him, that might be too irresistible. I'm pretty confident the Vikings have a take-it-or-leave-it offer on the table of Cousins, and that's why we're at where we're at. Whether that's $35 million or $40 million, I don't know. But I don't think the Vikings can spend too much more than $40 million and you know, welcome back a thirty soon-to-be 36-year-old quarterback with a bad Achilles. The other thing was... Kwesi Daffa Mensa totally swatted away any Justin Jefferson trade theories or rumors. Those have been circulating ad nauseum for about a month. And he was actually kind of ticked when they asked him about it. Because when you, if you think about it from his perspective, he's trying to do a negotiation with one of the best non-quarterbacks ever in the NFL. And it's got to be irritating that if Justin Jefferson Googles his name right now, the first 10 articles are going to be about trades. Yep. And he's got to wonder, like, are, are these guys going to trade me? Like, nobody ever said anything to me about that, but what is all this? So I can see why Adafa Minso was ticked. He said that he uh, trading Jefferson is something that he has never considered and won't, and Kevin O'Connell said that uh, not on this planet has he ever considered trading Justin Jefferson. So this is not Rick Spielman, who famously said, we have no intent on trading Percy Harvin, or it's not come to my knowledge that we're trading Stefan Diggs. This is a different regime, so I would trust them not to trade Jefferson. And then rounding out kind of the, the bigger news is the NFLPA put out their report cards yesterday, which is now an annual tradition ahead of free agency. Yep. Vikings won it last year. They got the top notch, but they were bumped to number two behind the Miami Dolphins. Notably, the Vikings were said to have the best owner, or second best owner in sports, and Mark and Ziggy Wilf. And then Kevin O'Connell's collaborative nature uh, fetched the second best head coach grade per coaches. And I just don't understand why the uh, Chiefs were all the way at the bottom of this report card. Yeah, it's wild. Very, it's very interesting. And again, I, I kind of echo the honest sentiment of the NFLPA for putting it out. It's not to shame anybody. They say we want to highlight teams that are doing well, but also highlight areas for improvement. It's internal feedback. You can take it for what it is. And I don't think the Kansas City Chiefs are doing anything wrong because after all, if you or I were to go and become an undrafted free agent with the Kansas City Chiefs or anybody around here at South Dakota State or UND or NDSU or USD goes in there, it is going to be a dreamland in Kansas mm -hmm. City, in Detroit, in Chicago, anywhere. Free food, nutritional advice, athletic training, all sorts of stuff, family care, daycare, whatever you want. It's awesome. But there are ranges as to how good teams do things. The Minnesota Vikings clearly do things very well. Their players like playing there. And I think more so than anything, the bottom teams might say, okay, we got some room for improvement. The top teams might say, okay, hey, we've, we're kind of an attractive landing spot. And I think we talked about this exactly last year from that kind of vantage point. And Dalton Reisner, one of the guys that came in and mm -hmm. said, gosh, I love 
being here, he felt like he was a member of the team before they even signed him because it was a <laughs> foregone conclusion. He was hanging around. They're waiting for the ink to dry. And he comes into town. It feels like Minnesota's in a good spot. Doesn't necessarily translate for Minnesota, for Miami, and for other teams at the top. Just because you're the best team at that doesn't mean you're going to go to the playoffs. Doesn't mean you're going to win a Super Bowl. But again, it certainly can't hurt. And I think Minnesota doing a lot of things right operationally is what that tells me. Yeah, and your Packers were there at number three. Yeah, and know. they don't even have an owner. <laughs> yeah. They got 75,000 owners. Yeah, I don't know where they were last year. Uh, the final note is the Vikings sounded very open to adding a running back. Um, both were asked the question about what are you going to do to fix this running game? Usually it felt like a platform for either to say, you know, we got a bunch of guys that we like and we're going to build around them. They both said, uh, we'll, we'll look at an infusion um, of talent from free agency or the draft. So that leads me to believe that while Ty Chandler might take the first handoff in September, they're probably going to find a rookie or somebody that we're going to talk about in this next segment. More likely for the Vikings on the opening day roster next year, Cam Akers or Dwayne McBride? Ooh, uh, probably Dwayne McBride because they don't have any incentive to cut him and Akers is a free agent coming off a second torn Achilles. All sorts of Minnesota Vikings news. We got a big segment ahead. We'll talk about those free agent running backs. What might make sense from a value perspective for the Minnesota Vikings? I've got a surprise to deliver Dustin Baker and we want to talk about Dustin's very big week. He had a very fun and unusual and interesting week last week leading into now. It can continues to add layers. We're excited to talk to you about it as well. That's going to come up in our very next segment. We take the early break back with more of overtime. Dustin Baker in for one more segment on this Thursday edition of the show. Don't go anywhere. You want to hear this ESPN 102.3 AM 1000 KSOO. ESPN Sioux Falls gets you back to more of overtime with Burt Ramin on ESPN 102.3 and AM 1000 KSOO, Sioux Falls Sports Leader. With you on a rapidly paced Thursday edition of Overtime, Thursday, February 29th, Leap Day, as it's uh, widely talked about. We gave you three NFL teams apiece, two of which were in common that will make a leap in 2024. We are both on the Chargers, we were both on the Falcons, and we differed on our third. Dustin had the Jets, I had my very own Green Bay Packers, no surprise there. Dustin, we talked about the Minnesota Vikings maybe in the free agent veteran running back market. There's a ton of intriguing names out there. Some old guys, some young guys, some accomplished guys. Is there a free agent running back that you might have your eye on? And then when it comes to veteran quarterbacks moving the needle, pinging the needle that you think, <clears throat> hey, if we don't get Kirk back, if he goes and chases the money to land in Atlanta or New England or Pittsburgh or somewhere else, Who's a veteran quarterback or two that you'd like to see Jake Browning off the market as of yesterday? So regarding running backs, if it were up to me, if I was the Vikings general manager, dream job, you know, I would just stick to the draft and select a guy in the third or fourth round, even though the Vikings don't have a third rounder. And I think that's what they'll ultimately do because usually money ball general managers like Adapa Mensa don't spend big on running backs. But if they do... If, let's say they put their foot down and once and for all they want to fix this run game that's been problematic for the last two seasons. 
I would say DeAndre Swift is intriguing. He's not old like these other guys. I don't want anything to do with 30-year-old Derrick Henry, whatever he is, or Austin Eckler. Future Packer. <laughs> yeah, Derrick Henry. I don't see the upside, uh, especially because those guys have the reputations where they're going to get a decent contract. And it's like when you get to that point, you kind of have a lifetime achievement contract, and I don't think that will work for the Vikings. No thanks. So DeAndre Swift is still 24, I think. And I think he can get got for about probably five, six million per season. So if forced to pick a free agent running back rather than the draft, I would take him or Zach Moss will be even cheaper. And oh, yeah. He, he showed what he could do with the Colts. Pair him with Ty Chandler week one and have a true committee. Alexander Madison is the RB3. I think finally the Vikings ground game could have some resolution. And when it comes to the quarterbacks, uh, we're both kind of fawning over a particular guy that I viewed as deserving another shot as a starter in the NFL. But veteran quarterbacks are out there. If Kirk doesn't get worked out, who comes to mind? Uh, You got all sorts of guys. Russell will be available. Russell Wilson will be available very soon. I'm very confident that he and the Denver Broncos are going to part ways. But among the other names out there, the Carson Wentzes, the Taylor Heineke's, and all sorts of other available guys. Heineke, not a free agent, but seemingly available who moves the needle most for you? Uh, it's kind of funny that you're talking about bridge quarterbacks because your team has never really had one of those in my lifetime. Come on. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, I do not want a bridge quarterback. Let's get that out of the way. I'm on record multiple times, multiple writings. I either, I my holy grail is to trade up to get Drake May, whatever it takes, and then start him week one. Let's get, let's get cooking with his development. Um, otherwise, if you're going to monkey around and get a bridge quarterback, just sign Cousins back and then draft J.J. McCarthy or something like that. If they absolutely must disregard my advice, get rid of Cousins and sign a bridge quarterback, I would like it to be Drew Locke. And that's because he is right, what is he, about 27, 28. He's only going to cost, what, six, seven, eight million bucks. He had that wonderful moment against the Eagles. And I swear to God, every time I watch him, even if he doesn't just light the world on fire, he's got that lovable it factor that a quarterback has. And his first, Dano could tell you about it, his first year in Denver, he looked really promising. Yep. So I want the Vikings, if they if they <laughs> drag me through a bridge quarterback, I want it to be somebody who's fun, who's got a rocket arm like Drew Locke. And then, you know, once you realize, hey, guys, we're only three and four with this guy, then you can insert McCarthy or Penix, whoever it is, into the lineup. And that makes a ton of sense to me. I'm a big Drew Locke fan. In terms of what he could be, I'm not thinking that this dude's going to be a crazy, efficient, amazing starter down the road. But Drew Locke definitely could be a fit for the Minnesota Vikings if they do move ways, move apart from Kirk Cousins. I did something this morning that I've never done before, and I've always kind of been superstitious with this, and I do not like the Minnesota Vikings, but I tell you Mm -hmm. something. I don't play with them on Madden. I never have. I don't like to wear purple. Never have. And I also don't like to mock draft with the Minnesota Vikings, but I put together a Minnesota Vikings mock draft. No trades on Pro Football Focus, and I tried to use a Sharpie to... Go ahead and get rid of the grade so you could grade it honestly. But Sharpies aren't what they used to be, people. You can see exactly what the grade is through this. Please don't look at it. But here's what I did for the Minnesota Vikings Mm -hmm. based on where they're picking. I took Jaden Daniels at 11. I took a pass rusher, Adisa Isaac, at 42 in the second. In the fourth round, went running back, Audric Estime of Notre Dame, Logan Lee of Iowa. Later in the fourth round, Cooper Beebe, great guard prospect in the fifth. Tight end, Dallin Holker of Colorado State. Then I went safety receiver. Receiver and edge to round out the draft. I got to say this honestly, really hate how good I did for the Minnesota Vikings in this draft. What do you think? What's a fair grade of my first Minnesota Vikings mock draft in human history? 
for my liking, this would be an A, hands down, because yep. you have Jaden Daniels at number 11. We're going to find out in the next 48 hours if he's going to fall that far. Probably not. His combine is probably going to be dazzling. He's the the one truly mobile quarterback like Lamar Jackson in this class. I would be stunned if he fell to 11, and then if he did and the Vikings didn't scoop him, it would be criminal almost. It'd have to have some sort of scandal surrounding him for the Vikings to pass someone at 11. But then you've got down the line, you have the long-term roster needs addressed with Isaac, the Penn State edge rusher in round two. I love that. And then is it estimate? Estimate. Estimate, yeah. This would be the, the running back solution that I just mentioned in the, the, the last segment. Yes, I would enjoy this to the utmost, mainly because right now I'm thinking to get Jaden Daniels, which a lot of Vikings fans want, you're going to have to give up two firsts, two seconds, and then probably a third. Here, we got him for free. So, yep. yes, I will take it, and I would assign this an A automatically. Hey, how about that? I'm doing big things for the <laughs> Minnesota Vikings. There have been big things in your life lately, and I know that uh, – <laughs> You're excited to share this because it's pretty darn special. Something happened to you last week. It was today of last week. You came Mm -hmm. in here with a big smile on your face, and you said something to the effect of, I am having the most wonderful last 24 (laughs) hours of my life. Take us through the story, the lead-in, the week that you've had, because this is a story worth sharing, and I I, kind of will tell people out there, worth the listen and worth the emotional experience that this had last week for you. Take us through uh, what you've been through in the last week plus. Yeah, I invite you to interrupt me with any questions for context. This is, I'm trying my hand at uh, non-sports storytelling here, so wish wish me luck, guys and gals. Um, uh, let's see. In December, there was a man named Kern. He lives in Mitchell, and he took an Ancestry.com cheek swab test. He sent that bad boy in, at, I think around Christmas, and got the results back. Evidently saw some dude named Dustin Baker in his matches and thought, well, that's kind of weird. He's got some clarity there. Well, this is Dustin Baker talking to you right now. Um, Accidentally, last Wednesday night, I logged into my Ancestry app because I took the cheek test about five years ago. My wife had mentioned to me that her percentages, like uh, European history, had fluctuated. Sometimes they'll say, hey, for my case, you're 68% Norway. Well, now you're 66. They'll they'll fluctuate a little bit. Yeah. And I recalled she said something to me about that, and I, I thought late at around midnight on a Wednesday, I thought to myself, I'm going to go look at that. And when you do this app, it tells you all of your cousins that have taken the test, and for years it's always been the same three cousins at the top of my results. Well, this Kern guy was at the top of mine, and we shared so much significant DNA, they're called centimorgans, that he either had to be my uncle, my very young uncle, or my half-brother. Uh, so we did a lot of deduction uh, one week ago today, uh, and we determined that through some of my my biological dad's shenanigans 34 years ago, that he is my half-brother. And the coolest part of this story from my perspective was I went through 40 years as an only child. And so I found that I have a new brother who lives an hour away. Uh, we both rejoiced and we figured out the connection. We had dinner, our, our families. Uh, he has a, a daughter who's my niece, by the way. I'm I'm new to Nicehood. Uh, we had dinner at Johnny Carino's, and he we're, we're a lot like each other. He's a Viking fan, if you can believe that. It's the only thing I don't like about yeah, him. Yeah, he, he, he's a Viking fan, nevertheless. And then this week, he's going to meet the rest of my paternal side of the family at Pizza Ranch uh, this Saturday night. So it was really a surreal couple of days. And one of the other cool aspects was when I figured it out at midnight last Wednesday, when I did the double take and my mom was still awake, she's kind of a night owl. So I sent her a screenshot that said, 
you know, what the blank is this? And she was like, well, wait a second. So we were like detectives together for about an hour and a half. We became genetic uh, experts yeah. via Google research. And we figured out, like, my goodness, this is this has got to be him. So, yeah, it was really cool to see a lot of the similarities. I'm a recovered alcoholic of about 12 years. He's recovering from addiction of about three years. And we have all of these weird parallels. I'm 6'5", he's 6'2". And it's just down the line, we're like, yep, that checks out. His biography sounds a lot like my biological dad's. In part, so does mine. Yeah, it's been a remarkable week, and I can't continue to continue the relationship. So, hey, I love you, Kern. Hey, it's great stuff. And I, I can't get around the story. I've shared it with so many people just as an anecdote uh, with my mom who's adopted, with several other people, uh, both in the office and out of the office. My wife I told about, and you know, I'm from a family, I mentioned that my mom's adopted, that we've never really explored that stuff. So I wanted to ask you this, when it comes to ancestry and finding that stuff out, it doesn't have to be ancestry.com. There's so many different mm-hmm. services that do this, Nat Geo, Ancestry, 23andMe, whatever. We're not endorsing any specific brand here, but when it comes to the process of seeking out and doing that, was there ever any bit of hesitancy on your part to reach out or hesitancy on his part to reach out? And and how do you kind of bridge the gap with those feelings and, and all the emotions behind it? Because it's it's kind of daunting for, for certain folks in certain situations. Uh, for me, no, because I will always push the envelope on everything. I take risks if I'm not afraid to fail. Uh, from Kern's perspective, when he saw my name, he kind of let it be and said, you know, whatever happens will happen. He went through his life not knowing who his father was. That's why he took the test. That's why it was so easy to discern that he was indeed my half-brother was. Well, if you're searching for it, I bet you I know who it is. Um, So when he first heard about it, when we were comparing notes last Thursday morning, he was a little, he was like, all right, let's see if this checks out. And he wanted to make sure, you know, you think about it from his perspective, no idea who I was. Yeah. And so he was, I would say my perception was he was a little tentative to make sure that it was all real. But once once the centimorgans of DNA, once, I mean, this the DNA is like one of the only things in this world that is totally ironclad. So once that realization hit, and I think he he could glean that I was a decent guy, and then we really rattled off all these similarities, it became a no-brainer to the him, like, I think I want to meet this guy. So he's taken the plunge, and we'll meet about 20 to 30 bakers on Saturday night. So he had a natural version of what the heck. I had a, a, a holy S word. Let's do this. Hey, and it's just an amazing story. And I'm, I really am. I, I texted you this uh, within the last week. Just so happy for you and your family and, and the future family. Yeah, yeah you guys, it's just so freaking cool. And I can't wait to see exactly how that continues to emerge. And uh, best to you and your, your newfound brother. Great story. Oh, absolutely. And hey, on the football note, when we are back talking next week, we will be mere days from free agency. So let's make next week real free agent focused. Hey, can't wait for it. Dustin Baker, always rock solid, always ironclad, as he said. <laughs> DNA ironclad and great stuff. Welcome to the Baker family, Mr. Kern out in Mitchell. We will take the break. That is our number one. Always buy in a blink of an eye with Dustin Baker. Find him at Vikes Now on YouTube, VikingsTerritory.com, at Viking Territory on Twitter. When we come back, it's highlights and headline time. College football playoff to 14 teams already. We haven't even played a 12-team playoff yet. What the heck is going on there? We'll dive into that around 1220, 1230, your NSIC tournament update, and your opportunity to get your hands on some tickets courtesy of Overtime and ESPN Sioux Falls. And, of course, the good, the bad, and the ugly. That's ahead. Thursday edition of Overtime rolls on next on ESPN Sioux Falls. (laughs) 